Here's today's federal newscast. I'm Eric White. Federal employees in six new parts of the U.S. may have access to special locality pay rates next year. The Federal Salary Council recommends Corpus Christi, Texas and Omaha, Nebraska as two new locality pay areas. It wants to push the new areas with Burlington, Vermont, San Antonio, Texas, Birmingham, Alabama and Virginia Beach, Virginia together through one rulemaking process. These four areas already got approval for locality pay, but the regulatory process stalled. New leadership on the Federal Salary Council wants to go in a new direction. Council Chair Ron Sanders wants the group to take on a more active role in talks about federal pay and compensation. The council voted to begin reviewing the methodology it uses to inform the locality pay program. The Bureau of Labor Statistics says private sector employees are paid nearly 32 percent more than feds. The Congressional Budget Office has disagreed in recent years, saying federal employees are actually compensated 17 percent more than private sector workers. Senator James Lankford increases his oversight of federal management issues. The Oklahoma Republican takes over as chair of the Appropriations Subcommittee on Financial Services and General Government. The subcommittee includes overseeing the budgets of OMB, OPM, GSA, and others. Lankford is also the chairman of the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Subcommittee on Federal Regulatory Affairs and Federal Management. A new White House executive order aims to reform how agencies administer public assistance programs. More now from Tom Temin in today's management report. The order outlines what the White House calls nine principles of economic mobility. They are to guide agencies' approaches to food stamps, children's health insurance program, and Medicaid. The order directs agencies to add or more strongly enforce work requirements for able-bodied adults. It seeks to consolidate duplicative programs, boost state-federal information sharing, and find private sector solutions to poverty. I'm Tom Temin. Senator Claire McCaskill takes a closer look at FEMA's contracts for emergency tarps during last year's hurricane season. A new report shows FEMA awarded $73 million in contracts to two businesses with no relevant past performance. McCaskill claims though FEMA canceled them, the agency did not take appropriate steps to determine whether the contractors could carry out the job. Coast Guard Commandant Admiral Paul Zukunft says his service is now punching at the middleweight class, which is exactly where it needs to be. After spending 2017 with low budgets, Zukunft says the only place for the Coast Guard to go was up. The 2018 budget and the 2019 request fund items like a new icebreaker, something the Coast Guard says it's in dire need of. President Trump's nominee to be the next VA secretary may get a promotion even if the Senate doesn't confirm him to lead Veterans Affairs. The president has formally nominated Rear Admiral Ronnie Jackson to the rank of two-star admiral. It would mean a difference in about a million dollars in future retirement income, but Senate officials tell the Washington Post they're unlikely to approve both his military promotion and his VA nomination. The admiral who led the Navy's investigation into last year's deadly ship collisions also gets a promotion to command all U.S. forces in the Pacific. Federal News Radio's Jared Serbu has more. Admiral Phil Davidson, currently the commander of the Navy's Fleet Forces Command, was nominated Tuesday as the head of U.S. Pacific Command. His report found that the high operational tempo directed by PACOM was among the factors that led to the accidents that killed 17 sailors last year. Pending Senate confirmation, he would replace Admiral Harry Harris. Meanwhile, the Pentagon also announced that Air Force General Terrence O'Shaughnessy Currently, the commander of Pacific Air Forces will be the next commander of U.S. Northern Command. Jared Serbu, Federal News Radio. U.S. Transportation Command leader General Darren McDoo tells Congress the U.S. needs a national cybersecurity standard to set a low watermark for cyber defense. He says there is a divide between cybersecurity standards of the private realm and government, and it's potentially harming troop movements. The Homeland Security Department kicks off its sixth cyber storm exercise this week. DHS brought together over a thousand federal, state, local and private sector partners to work together to solve and respond to simulated cyber threats. The exercise this year focuses on transportation and infrastructure industries.
And the intelligence community moves into phase two of its transformation. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence is creating teams from across the intelligence community to take on six broad initiatives. The working groups will develop strategies by the end of July to address common challenges all 17 members of the IC face. The working groups will focus on augmenting intelligence using machines, improving the recruitment and retention of the workforce, cybersecurity, acquisition reform, creating a modern approach for data management and infrastructure, and improving the partnerships with the private sector. I'm Jason Miller. Find these stories at federalnewsradio.com and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White.